And the playoff seeding is set, Sims Arena. It has begun. Hey, Josh, say hi. Hey, what's up? Whoa, everybody? hey, it's our Argentinian helper. Hey, I'm back. We actually had a guy, uh, a fan from Argentina, DM me the day that I got there and said, if there's anything I can do to help you while you're on vacation, let me know. Where are you? Where can we meet? Let's yeah. go. <laughs> he was he was, uh, he was was too far from where I was, but I appreciate the offer. Why are you, do we not have another mic that works? Uh, no, only two today. Only this two is today? the New Year's Eve staffing, so only two mics working. Okay. Yeah, we're here on New Year's Eve. Uh, what do you? How do you guys celebrate New Year's Eve, Josh? Uh, lots of vodka. Ooh. Ooh, right. vodka. I'm not a vodka drinker. I used to be. No, it used to be anymore. a really, yeah, yeah tequila college. took over for me. Tequila's I used vodka already. just till a few years ago. I used to do Chopin yeah, on the rocks. Potato vodka. Yeah. I remember. But man, they just got, tequila. I got my boy Joe's wedding tonight. Right. Uh, what up, Joe? And I'll tell you what. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. I'm just going to say this. He's just going to say this. Last year, I had my friend Evan's wedding. Oh, right. And it was the year, it was the year that like Carson, it was the week Carson Palmer got hurt and all that stuff. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers got messed up. Right. And I came and I said that my friend Neil looked at me and said, Adam, we're winning the Super Bowl this year. And you said, screw you, Neil. You don't know what you're talking about. And the Eagles went on a run and they won the Super Bowl. Last night, I'm getting ready for the rehearsal dinner and I'm watching the Eagles. And then Kurt Menefee comes on in the hotel room. And he goes, we're now going to peek in to Chicago, Minnesota. And there's seven of my friends I've known since I'm two years old. And Neil's sitting right next to me. And the mensch, Tariq frickin' Cohen, bounds his way into the end zone. And we're going nuts. And Neil looks at me and goes, we're going to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> no, you're not, Neil. Sorry, Left Cohen, your wedding friends. You're not going. This is Chicago's year. They are the Eagles this year. I don't think this is a good matchup for you. I'm rooting for the Bears hardcore this time around. No, hardcore. I, this is actually kind of good. It is good. Yeah, I, uh, screw you, Eagle fans and all Left Coast friends at the wedding. It is incredible. Did you hem the dress nicely? It was like, I did. well I done. Nailed it. Yeah, Nick, you, you pulled it in on the bright spots and everything. Nick Foles, 25 straight completions. Nick Foles gets bruised ribs, but he's still going to come back. Right. I don't know. It was a bad matchup for the Eagles in 2001 when they went there and won 33-17 to 17 with Donovan McNabb. I don't know. <laughs> look, look. I if there's, if, I love when he goes back 18 years and pulls out matchups. <laughs> if there's one quarterback that I'd like to face in this round, yeah. we're facing him. Yeah, I hear we're that. We're facing him. I hear that. The, the only thing I'll say, and I know we're getting off topic here. I'm just well, having no, fun bagging on your, you know, I'm bagging on your Eagles. There are a little no bit, topics. But they are like you guys last year a little bit. I the feel Bears like, are. yeah, it's like Carson. I mean, Carson Wentz was in his second year. Mm. It's Trubisky in his second year. You know, uh, their defense is a lot like yours was last mm. year. Uh, it should. It should. You guys are a dangerous team. There's no doubt about that. I do think this it's is a the, tough matchup for you guys. It is so much fun. Being the most dangerous team in a playoff, yeah, because we all know those teams are. Mm-hmm. It's that wild card Green Bay team right now. People are saying that about the Ravens. You know, oh man, I wouldn't want to play them on any surface. But the Eagles, I've experienced this before with Jeff Garcia when they had that long run and it didn't work out. We were that team in 08 when we got in and went to the NFC Championship game and lost to the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Right. It's fun being the team that sure. Mike Vick, if he doesn't sure. throw that interception to Green Bay, you know, we got a chance. Right. It's fun being the team where we're kind of playing with house money. And nobody wants to face us. Yeah, I, I get that. You are. You got. You got. You got a lot of confidence. Battle tested. Scars. Everything there. But 
<sighs> You're going to lose this Sunday. SLFL, the champion. Is it crowned? I don't know who I don't know who won yet. We're talking with Meatloaf, and we'll get the winner on soon. Yeah, Come on, yeah, Meatloaf. Uh, one other thing I want to do that's very podcast-related. Okay. Before the year, yeah. Woodmaster5000 said, I want to make a bet with you guys. I think Blake Jarwin. I thought about him like three times yesterday. Is got Wood Woodmaster? Yes. Wood Ragemaster. You mean you mean Woodmaster one eyebrow? No, he said he goes he goes. I believe that Blake Jarwin will have thirty five catches, and and you said no way. And we said that if he gets thirty five catches, yeah, he gets to come on the podcast. Right. If he doesn't, he's got to shave his eyebrow. Right. Well. My man, Blake Charwin, had seven catches yesterday. I was like, what is he going to break the tight end all-time record here and, and break three this three touchdowns, and Blake Jarwin is up to 27 catches. Yeah. Sorry. Season's over. I want to ask you. No. Playoffs don't count. If that's what you're going to ask me. No, he's of shaving his eyebrow. Woodmaster, get that damn thing out and send us the video. Sorry. You're writing checks you're, that your ass can't cash. You don't think it would be fun. <laughs> For this game against Seattle on Saturday, to also have the added notion of when Dak rolls out and throws to Blake Jarwin, you're like, son of a bitch. It'll make the game so much more fun. He needs eight catches, Sims. All right, fine. If he gets to 35, how about, like, we'll we'll start taking off centimeters off the eyebrow, okay? So by each catch. So if he gets to 35, now that we've been nice, he has to do, like, two lines in his eyebrow. So like if he gets to 35 in the playoffs. Right. We don't remove them. Right. He's just doing lines. He's got to do lines. I still think it's impressive that Blake Jarwin's going to have 35 catches in the year 2018-2019. It's unbelievable. I thought the number was 30. A lot of people did. So when I looked up yesterday and I was like, oh, no, gosh, he's probably getting close to 30. I was like, holy crap, he's got seven today? Wow. Yeah, that uh, was funny. All right, so we're going to break down all of the matchups uh, on set for Saturday and Sunday on Friday's episode. Yeah, we'll Thur- do a deep dive. Thursday if you want to look back at the film from this past week, if there's anything that sticks yeah. out to you, great. Yep. I also feel like we're going to have more coaching fallout. We're going to get into that in a second. Right. But I just want to establish the playoffs. Um, this Saturday, the first game is Colts-Texans. Colts knock off the Titans. This is the team that we wanted to get in the playoffs at the Colts. Yes. This is the team that they definitely did not want to see for the Texans. Texans did not want to see the Colts. I agree. I think this is like the worst team for the Texans to play. Unbelievable. Yeah, because what well, we we've, we've discussed this so much right over the last month like the Texans pass defense, they let up too many big plays, okay? And the greatness of the Texans pass pass defense or their team in general that can help their pass defense their is their front, front four, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we saw in your game Right against the Eagles, yeah, lob it up. Your old line was big enough and powerful enough to slow them down a little bit, and all of a sudden you go, oh, "Damn, Nelson Aguilar's one on one with Tyron Matthews, a yeah. safety, fifty yards down the field." That would be scary because that cold Colts O line, it's elite. It's arguably the best O line in football, and they can stop that that pass rush. Let me just get through all the matchups. Yeah. Saturday night, yeah, Seahawks Cowboys, awesome, great one, guys. Realize the games that we normally get on Saturday night. It's like a 20-point win by the Patriots over the Titans. Or in the, or it's like, like Houston Raiders or Bengals-Houston. or Houston Raiders. Right. When that was, it was pitiful. When it was Connor Cook against, was it Matt Schaub? I think I want to say it was TJ Yates. TJ Yates? Yeah. All-time wild card. All-time horrible. So for our Saturday early game to be Luck versus Deshaun Watson, yeah. pinch me. Yes. 1 o'clock Sunday, Chargers-Ravens, rematch from Week 15, 
awesome game. Awesome. It's the game that I'm having the hardest time predicting who I'm going to pick to win. Yeah, that's a tough one to pick. It is. Just because I love the Raidens, but also who the heck knows. Yeah. Was it Yates versus Connor Cook? It It was Connor Cook versus Brock Osweiler. Osweiler threw for 168 and one touchdown. Connor Cook threw for 161, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Juice. That was the easiest bet we made. Yeah, that was. That's right. Um, And then the Sunday 440 is Eagles at Bears. Yeah. Uh, the teams, the one seed went to the Chiefs. The two seed went to the Patriots, uh, which is what we kind of expected. Mm-hmm. One seed went to the Saints. One, two seed went to the Rams uh, in the NFC, which is your tattoos. They lined up uh, what right. What week did you do that? I think that was. I told you that. What was that? Week nine, maybe. I week say, nine. I was around halfway. Week nine. Sims predicted Saints Rams. Chiefs Patriots. It wasn't crazy, but it was. I you just, even got the. They were in the one and the two. They spots. were the one and the two. I was like, yeah, but you know, hey, but <laughs> I just got lucky. But still, but it, it looked like the writing was on the wall a little bit at that point, and they certainly had been consistent enough for me to jump on the bandwagons of all four of them. Of all the wild card teams, yeah, who's the most dangerous? I do think it's the Bears. I do. Who's I know. the second most dangerous? Mm. Probably the. I would look at the Chargers or the Ravens. I, I look at the Chargers as scary because they've been so good on the road this yeah. year, seven and one. Yeah. That their game can kind of go anywhere. And right. if you score points on them, that's fine. Uh they also have our equation, which is like the two good pass rushers to kind of get to the quarterback. Got a lot of things you like. It's the only problem is they're playing a team that's got like the perfect formula. If you were like gonna build a team to go I have to beat the Chargers this week. You would build the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Three top-of-the-line corners that cover the receivers. Yeah. You know, good safety play, the bigness of their team, all that stuff. I would agree with you that the Bears are the most dangerous. Yeah. But actually, I'm not. No. I'm going to say the team that I believe is the most dangerous is the Colts. Yeah, I I had a feeling you were going to say that. Because I believe it's the highest-performing quarterback it's the scariest offensive line yeah. if he has time back there. Mm-hmm. And they have playmakers on defense that they don't try and – you're not going to run – like, they're going to try and make plays. They're not going to let you just sit there and waste the clock. Yeah, no, they're not. They're, they're, the um, Eagles are the most dangerous. <laughs> uh, but, no, you're right about that. The Colts are – you know, they realize they have some deficiencies, so they stunt and do things up front with the defensive line, and sometimes they can be gashed in the run game, and sometimes they – you know, of course, their secondary is not great where they can gash there, but the Colts are dangerous, especially in the AFC. I mean, In terms of our on. predictions, yeah. you pre- we both predicted the Patriots to win the East. Right. I predicted the Ravens to win the North. You predicted it's the Steelers, Steelers right. so that worked out for right. me. Right. South, I think we both predicted the Texans. I believe we did. But I think we also had the Jaguars making the playoffs. I think so. so I think I might have – Jaguars with the Colts. I think I might have had the Jaguars winning and maybe the Texans in, but I can't even remember. No, I don't way. think you did. I don't think I did either. And I don't think the I had West, the Texans. We both had the Chargers winning. Neither of us accounted for the Chiefs. No, I chickened out on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, MVP. second quarterback ever, mm-hmm. 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Yeah, and to do Who's it. the first? Marino? No, uh, Manning. Manning. Manning in, in 2013, Denver? that year, right, when he got 55 and 5,000. Which is the reason I'm predicting Adam Gase to go to Denver. <laughs> well, that's a good thought. Thank you. It is a good thought. I thought of it just this morning. Um, but the, um, yeah, that was special. I mean, come on. That, that was, year with Wes Welker and Demarius Thomas. Right. And all the. Yes. That's where all the pick trick plays, pick plays, bubble screens, all that stuff. That's really where the Seattle defense caught on fire. That's where it started because defenses started to go, wait, we're getting killed by these short passing plays. We got to start, 
you know, crowding the line of scrimmage, and that's where the Seattle scheme became so handy, and that's why they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl that next year because it took away all of that kind of stuff. Mahomes is definitely the MVP. Definitely the MVP. I mean, again, just some of the throws he makes yesterday, it's, it's, it's about the quality of the plays. You know, stats are one thing. But a 70-yard completion that goes for touchdowns, that's another thing to me. So when he makes big plays, they are game-changing plays along with it. They're not just like stat fillers of, wow, that was another great bomb in between the 30s, and then they had to settle for a field goal. He changes the pace of a football game because of his play. Clearly the MVP. Clearly in my eyes. I'm not trying to be a hater on anybody. Clearly the guy this year. Um, it. The Chiefs scored over 26 points in every game this year. If the Chiefs get Sammy Watkins back, I am picking them to go to the Super Bowl, hands down. This is crazy to I me know. because you were against them forever. I know. You said that they, that their defense is too unreliable. Yeah. So I'm, why why the change? I just go look at the AFC with no eliteness there, okay? Um and I just think that the Kansas City Chiefs... The Patriots I, would have to go on the road to on play On the there. road. I know everyone's going to talk about it too. The Chiefs haven't won a playoff game since Joe Montana was the quarterback. I get that. That's great. Awesome. Yes. Well, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback now, and he has a chance to be a Joe Montana-ish type quarterback. So this is all going to change. But I do think because there's no elite teams in the AFC, Lefko, that this is one of those years that even though they have a big flaw, that they can overcome it. With just you, sheer firepower. So when you say elite, do you consider the Saints to be elite? I do. Do you consider the Rams to be elite? They fringe on that. I think they're the third best. I think the Bears are the second best team in the NFC. I do. Because I was curious, how many elite teams do you see in the NFL? Well, yeah, right now, hmm, that's a very good question. I would really look just at the it, Saints. Just the Saints. Yeah, as elite, I would to say elite. This is one thing. Other thing, I you always, would put the Rams, the Chiefs. I don't think you put the, well. You would put the Patriots in the same level as the Rams and the Chiefs. You probably put Rams, Chiefs, Bears. Yeah, and I put the Patriots right there with it. And then would the Chargers be in that one, or would they be a rung below? No, I think they're right there too. I do. I think they're all lumped together. I think that's why it's such wow. a fascinating year. You know what? One thing I always look Saints, at: Saints, Chiefs, Saints, Chiefs. Hold on. L- let me just bake this into your mind. Yeah. If we get a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl, yeah. One, it's going to be entertaining as hell. Right. Two. It's going to be Mahomes versus Breeze. Yeah, right? I know. It's going to be Mahomes versus Breeze. <laughs> it's going to be your Super Bowl. I. You're going to hit. Drew's going to throw for 390, and you're going to be like, I hope Patrick can throw for 500. <laughs> That's where you're wrong. I don't have to hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It probably Patrick will. Patrick Mahomes. It, I mean, it is. It's it's become so hard. Mar- Marshall Lenoir's be like, what is this? It's Tyree Kill. I've never seen anything like this. It's like Kamara, but faster. <laughs> One thing I look at sometimes when I look at teams and I go just like correlating things through history, you know how you do sometimes yes, and you're just like, in 2001, the Bears didn't want to see Donna. You know, I do the same crap. Yeah, I know. Of course. But, but uh, one thing I do look at sometimes for these type of situations, overall net points, right? Of course. A lot of people look at that. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think there's something there to that. And if you look at the history of Super Bowl or the Super Bowl fin- finalists, they're usually the two teams who have beaten teams most have com- exactly right that their overall net point differential is leading their conference in each way. Because when they lose, it's not by a lot. When they win, it's they, by they, a lot. they shut teams out. Yes. They they put them away like the Kansas City Chiefs did to the Raiders yesterday. Think about all the Chiefs. And I believe, how much money did I win on that game? We'll get into that. In a second. <laughs> but the Chiefs, I must have had a good week because he didn't lead the show off with it. Because if Chiefs, he did, <laughs> all of the Chiefs' losses are by like single digits. Yes. 
and to like the best teams in football. And with all of those games, I would like to just, again, other than the Seahawks game, they had the lead in the fourth quarter. And when Mahomes had the ball last, they win. You know, and somebody the other day was like, well, they had the ball last against the Rams. And I want to, like, realistically last. He had the ball last with the Rams with 20 seconds left. And to go 85 exactly. yards. Exactly. No like, come on. Left. Don't do it all. All right. Oh, you right. Do this now? You don't have to. So, in week 17 of the regular season, which many people would say doesn't even count, <laughs> because why would you bet on meaningless <laughs> I did feel like yesterday before you it even tell me, bullshit. I felt like I was cheating you. I felt like I was. Che- I, I just the thing I appreciate about you the most is your brutal honesty. Yeah, I did. I was going. I'm man. sitting there going, "Fucking Kyle Allen, shut up!" <laughs> because I, you gave me a lot of compliments the other day when we did the show, and you said I, you're like Sims is really good this time of the this year. This is the time of the year when yeah. it comes to the meaningful games where Sims is really good, right? Because he goes. I'll be honest, I've stopped watching Arizona film for five weeks, but I've watched every snap of the Ravens. Right, right. So when it becomes Ravens Chargers, your insight's great. Thank you. The other ones are freaking coin flips. Yeah, the other ones, and then some of them that I might have won, too, I felt like I was cheating you, too, because I felt like, damn, I've been there. I know the emotions of how teams feel when they're in oh, the different now you're scenarios. Say that you're too smart for me. In no, this I'm just saying in this Golly. week right here, in week 17, I've been on a John Gruden team when there's nothing to play for in week 17. I know how that week unfolds. That's all I'm telling you. That's wow. all I'm telling you. And now I'm upset that he saved that information <laughs> for today. You could help uh, our listeners. Anyway, golly, we both went eight and eight. Okay. And that's really all that matters. <laughs> Sims made fourteen fifty on that bet, which was so big. The rest of your games, yeah. you went seven and eight, right? Meaning you lost ten dollars. So your total for the week was plus fourteen forty. Damn, I didn't win any of those ten dollars. So games. that means in the last two weeks, you've made if people made your bets, yeah, like around three thousand dollars, which is insane. How do they do in guaranteed to lose? Because we picked six this week. We picked like eight. I know. You picked the Jets to lose, they did. You picked the Panthers to lose, they did. Oh, damn you picked it. the Broncos, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Cardinals, Washington, and the Titans. Oof, so I was like seven out of eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty damn final. And that, I that Panthers game, I starred that on my notebook going, I don't know, I didn't know any of your bets, but all I knew is I wrote, go Panthers next to it. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, they're winning 21 to nothing. I had 350 on the Saints. <laughs> I went one in three on Gary. Oh, on, my on left your left Lux. I lost 200 for the week. Damn, that's it? Yeah, of course. But that means that heading into the playoff sims, <sighs> Are you're, you? I took it. You're up 430. Ah! <laughs> Regular season champion right here, baby. Yeah! I just, just want to say that last year when I won the regular season, Sims yelled at me for celebrating the regular season and said, Woo! Payback's a motherfucker! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> I knew when I sent my text yesterday and I said, How are the bets going? And I got no response from my friend Adam Lefko that they must have been going good for me. And Josh responded, and I knew then that they were going very good for I me. I was drinking heavily at the <laughs> wedding. I would just like to point out that in week 15, Sims was at negative 2,350 bleacher bucks. Lefko was at 360. 
Week 16, you made zero. Sims Sims came up to minus 850. And then in the last week, you pulled, Chris, you pulled up to 590 and left and lost 200 to go to 160. I need to confirm something. Is it possible to go from negative 2300 to 850? Yeah. How much is that? What is it? Is that? What do you mean? Well, how far away is that? Is that 1,500? Did he go plus 1,500 that week? Golly. Yeah, because I had the two big bets. Right. Right. Oh, you right. You went 7. I went 730 I and 730. I again. I was like, that's crazy. I went 730 and yeah, 730. Yeah, yeah. Um, damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, damn. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't even know. I'm lost in enjoyment right now. I would say that my regular season collapse yeah. is only matched by the Vikings. <laughs> Man, I'm kind of like Nick Foles, the picking segment, and you're Kirk Cousins. Well, <laughs> can we talk there? Because sure, I feel go. like I'm in the unenviable position all the time online of defending Kirk Cousins. You're good. Good for you. You're a good man. Yeah, but 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 don't worry. Just because it's unpopular, I doesn't did not mean see. Right. I didn't see hardly any of that game yesterday. Well, listen. So I need you to explain to me what really happened. They were dominated on offense. I mean, they went through a period where it was like late first half and they hadn't got a first down yet they had nine yards of total offense I mean that's that's how bad it was so there was nobody open did he miss a throw or two yes but he was under pressure throughout they finally managed a drive or two where he hit some one-on-one completions Dalvin Cook made a run but it was ugly all day long they were fighting an uphill battle yeah and um yeah, I mean, you saw, you see Adam Thielen and Cousins. Yeah, what did you take out? What well, did you take on the, that? the big thing, I mean, you can read Kirk Cousins' lips, first of all. He's telling you, I don't have 10 seconds. Like, because Adam Thielen, such a good route runner, and he wants to set up people so badly. He's taking too long in some of his routes, and right. Kirk's trying to explain to him, like, I don't have time for you to double move. This is the Bears we're playing, and they're the best defensive line in football, and our offensive line ain't that great. So you're going to have to make some of these things happen quicker if you want me to get the ball to you. And those are normal conversations that go on, and I thought it was really good, actually. I thought it was actually a good thing for Kirk Cousins. Stop being friendly. Well, yes, he got you know when you're that guy, right? You got to be you got to be an extension of the coaching staff. You got to be a little bit of an asshole, and he probably needs to add that into his game a little bit. But still, his criticism is unfair. It's I understand he's one of the highest paid people in football, and it's going to come with it. But again, there was just nothing there. I mean, we we saw their offensive coordinator fired three weeks ago. Did we really think it was going to turn around and this was going to be some unbelievable storybook ending? At least I didn't. And uh, they need to help him, and he'll be better next year. It's He's the only quarterback where his salary is immediately mentioned right after his name. The only one. Um, so the top six highest-paid quarterbacks, this was a post on Bleacher Report, uh, none of them will be in the playoffs this year. Right. So that's Rodgers, Ryan. Ryan, Stafford, Cousins, Carr, and Garoppolo. Ooh, man. Well, I mean, some of those guys just don't even deserve to be on that list. That's what's that's what's wrong with and it. You would say that would be Garoppolo, Garoppolo, Carr. They don't deserve to be up there yet. But you know, that's the current state of the. Oh, if you're good and you had seven seconds of being good as a starting quarterback, oh my gosh, you're the franchise. We got to pay you twenty five million a year right yeah. now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've just seen a lot of people come for his neck. No, I, I agree. I mean, you, didn't we say last week, why is it that everybody comes at him with the contract stuff, but nobody this says anything phrase. about Matt Ryan with Julio Jones and Cal- Nobody says anything about that. This is the phrase. Right. They paid Kurt Cousins $84 million to win games like this. Right. That's the phrase. Right. I know. It's the like he's the only one playing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, they couldn't stop that Bears rushing attack. That's that's Kurt. Kurt's got to stop that, I, too. You're exactly right. It's not fair. We've all done it. We put the quarterback too much on the pedestal. And then those same people will go, Bears might have the best defense in the NFL. Right, right. And I'm like, you. Then, then like, you are aware of the situation that he was facing. Yes, I know. I, I don't even... It's people talk out of both sides of their mouth sometimes when they get into bias or they find a jumping off point. Like a guy like Kirk Cousins, he's easy to jump on. Yes. He's easy. He's Josh at the microphone, and he, he has... smiled in the post-game press conference. So that means he didn't care enough because he smiled yesterday. That's some people are saying that crap too. It's because of his demeanor. It's the extra office with the notes. It's the rocks that he keeps in front of his house to measure time. There's nothing about Kirk Cousins when you meet him or see him on television that you go, you are one of the best professional athletes in the world. Right. And I think that's what happens is like these reporters meet him and, and they see him and they're like, I've seen Cam Newton. He's a transformer. Yeah. I've walked past Carson Wentz. Even Jared Goff. You see Jared Goff and you're like, damn, you're like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yeah. And you walk by Kirk Cousins and you go, if you told me you were the VP of communications, I'd ask for a right. credential. If you told me you were Josh's older brother, you'd yeah. say yes. Right. I'd, I'd be like, I'd be like, I would be like, you know what? I could probably outlift Kirk. Right. Are you survivor boy extraordinaire? <laughs> so a lot of people were coming for his neck. But- survivor finale. How was it? The survivor finale was awesome. We'll talk about that on Wednesday, though. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you. Coach is fired. Yeah. We are at, um, I believe that there are seven total. Vance Joseph, uh, Dirk Cutter, Steve Wilkes, Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, Marvin Lewis. We lost the one in Cleveland already, and we lost the one in Green Bay. Right. So right now I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight jobs open in the NFL. I didn't know Marvin happened officially. It just happened just as we came yeah. in here. Oh, that's the thing is we're recording this at around 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve during the day. Uh, so things are still going to happen uh, as it's happening. Yeah, but Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Any of those surprising to you? Um, Marvin's a little surprising. I, I guess it's not surprising. I know what I would be interested in with Marvin is did he want to go? Because I know in years past, the last two years... Mutually decided to part ways according to There we go. That's what I was going to say. The last two years, everything I knew about that situation from NFL people and coaching friends and all that is that people were talking about Marvin might be fired. The real thing was, was Marvin going to leave the Bengals? Who the heck do they go? I, I, I don't know. They're, they're going to... That's why there was speculation a little... There's a little speculation that like maybe Zimmer has his eye on that job out of Minnesota. He's got a house still close to there. Of course, he had a lot of years there as a defensive coordinator, secondary. On, I don't see that happening. I know. There's, I don't see that either. Um, I'm not retiring or resigning, period, yes. says Zimmer, according to Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissaro. Right, because people were floating that yesterday around the NFL. Either way, though, I think the one that surprises me, and I don't know enough about this, is the Steve Wilkes one, okay? Just to be one and done like that, and then for me to sit there and, again, oh, you dummy, dummy, dummy. Lefko just spilled his water. Um, It's it's a prequel to what the Eagles will do in the playoffs this week. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Tip the scales of power and (laughs) spill on the table for you to realize how meaningless it was. Oh, that was well said. Yeah, I know. Um, But um, I, I don't understand with the the Arizona one. And the, the talk out of there is that Wilkes is over his head, right? That's, right, that he's more of a coordinator than a coach. Exactly right. Which, you know, again, first of all, like, why didn't you figure that out before you hired him? Okay? And the guy that yeah, hired him, the guy that hired him got a DUI and spent time in jail this year. Okay? And yet he's not going to get fired. And 
wanted to draft Amir Abdullah over David Johnson. That's right. So there's like that's I just don't understand that aspect of it sometimes where the front office guy gets the free pass and then the your head boy, coach gets your screwed. Your boy Lombardi right. posted a quote from Bill Walsh today. Yeah. And it wasn't really a quote, it was more of like a story. Right. But it really said the the owner doesn't know enough and and they, they, they should know more, but they don't. Then there's the GM. And the GM kind of knows a little bit, but he's too busy trying to please the owner. And he's out to dinner with the owner. And he's saying, hey, we got this. Then there's the personnel guy who thinks he should be higher up. But he really goes there. And he says all his draft picks are good because the papers say it's good. Right. And all the meanwhile, you have a head coach. And he's there in the office until midnight every night with his coaches trying to get better. But what happens? There's a dinner. And there's the owner. And there's the GM. And there's a player personnel. And the owner goes, why aren't we good? Right. And the GM goes, well, we got all the right coaches, we got all the right schemes, we got all the right players. The director of player personnel goes, I drafted all the right guys. Did you see that? Oh, and by the way, they also said he should be starting over him, and he's not. And what do they do? They fire the coach. They fire. And meanwhile, the coaches, while they're at that dinner, he's coaching he's and coaching. working. Exactly. And they're at dinner. And, and Bill Walsh said, and this is why, a GM will, will rarely lose their jobs every seven, eight years, taking four to five coaches in their wake. And all the while, none of them know anything compared to the coach. Yeah. And it's completely true. It is completely true. It, I mean, dude, we work, yeah. we work at a company. You work at multiple companies. Right. I've worked at multiple companies in my life, and so have you. It's all, call, it's all office bullshit. It is. It's a lot of office bullshit. Now, oh, why did that video not do well? Oh, probably because the editors didn't put it in time or it was the publishing team that didn't. No, yeah, right. everyone's just saving their ass right. all the time. You're right. They are. And especially in the NFL, it's extremely political. It really is. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, it, it, and to the point, too, like, hey, GMs are better at evaluating little nuances than coaches most yeah. of the time. Not always to give them credit there. But that is why the head coach GM relationship is really important. I mean, it really is. And we've seen teams that are successful that way. You know, whether it be the Steelers, you can say what you want. I mean, they've been in the... Harbaugh and Newsom Exactly right. There you go. There's another one. Belichick and Belichick. Belichick and Belichick, which is really Nick Casario up there. Andy okay. Reid and Ballard. And right. now Ballard and Reich. I was just going to go to Ballard and Reich. Like, that, to me, is it looks like perfe- perfection. It does. Ballard really is a astute evaluator of talent and he also is the type of guy who is willing to listen and his ego is not too big to know he I knows would it also all. say Peterson and Howie work well together sure. because Doug is a risk taker and Howie's a risk taker in the way he it's the same way that you want your offense to complement your defense sure it's the reason the Ravens are so scary and the Chiefs are so scary because they fit together well that's why when I see Jacksonville not fire Marone or Caldwell yeah all yeah, right, bro. I know. I don't know. That that's yeah. Well, we know that's. Well, gonna be let's a fun do the one. ones that actually happen. Keep going. Yeah, Dirk Cutter makes sense. Right. I also think Jason Light should be. He's if he's out on his last leg. Well, it's another example of what we were just talking about. It's kind of amazing. Yes. Uh, we'll see where that goes to though. And, and I mean, but you know what? Light took his guys out. Yeah. They went to Hooters. Right. They talked about the game. And they got it all figured out. Got it all figured out. Well, it sounds like Bruce Arians is really going to be involved in that conversation down there. Let's Bruce just say and Jameis. Bruce and Jameis. Yeah. Could be scary. It, it, it could be. I mean, Jameis really fits what Couldn't you see he Bruce wants walk in there and go, now nah, listen, Jameis, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to put up 50 points a game. Yeah. And Jameis is like, I'm down. Yeah. No. Like, I those two it. together is wild. I, I mean, that's still, uh, I guess I'm somewhat amazed that they're definitely sticking with Jameis, but it sounds like they've drawn a line in the sand and they're doing that. Vance Joseph, yeah. the popular discussion online right mm-hmm. now, Sims, is 
he's had like seven different quarterbacks and none of them are good. And maybe the issue is Elway's quarterback anal- analysis and not Vance Joseph's coach. I, I mean, I'm not going to deny that. If there's been a flaw in Elway's GM career, it's the fact that, yeah, the quarterback the last few years has been an issue. Um, but, you know, again, I think the real flaw here is not Vance Joseph. Again, I'll point the finger at Elway and the fact that he hired Vance Joseph when he was the defensive coordinator for the 29th ranked defense in football. Who did he hire him over? Kyle Shanahan. Damn. I mean, that's really, yeah, right. And so now you're hearing, I know that there's some interest with John Harbaugh. There's also interest with Mike Munchak there in Denver. Uh. And then I do think Mike Shanahan is still in the fold. I do. I think that. Legitimately. I do. I think he is legitimately in the fold, yes. All right, I'm going to be your friend that raises the question. Yeah. He's old. He is old. I get that. Um, But he's still a stable force. He still really follows the game. And again, I just would like to preface this because everybody out there is going to think I haven't talked to Kyle Shanahan in like, Weeks, okay. So everybody, like, You're this a bad is, friend. I, yeah. So this is. I'm just letting you know. These are from contacts I have known throughout the NFL. Sims is very good at at going. Oh, there's a dot, and there's a dot, and they're connected. Right. Or and or then I hear I see a dot, and I see a dot, and I go, oh, I think that might be connected. Let me call somebody that might know, and then do I go, you, oh, do it you is think connected. That there's validity to my Adam Gase maybe in Denver. Uh, I don't know enough there yet. I would. No, I would I think can see in your eyes, no, no. Man. I just don't know enough about the Elway Gase relationship, all of those type of things. I just don't know enough. I saw a rumor to give about you. Gase joining Patricia as the OC up there in Detroit. Maybe I could see that. That would work well together. Uh, Todd Bowles, we've known about this for a long time. Right. Your favorite would be Jim Harbaugh right now. I think Jim is in the Jets. I, I mean, I think the Jets want Jim. I don't know if Jim wants the Jets, but I do think that he is certainly four years. He is big time on their radar. Yes. And, I mean, does Jim Harbaugh lose a little luster after this weekend? He should have lost this luster that he has anyways. I'm just going to tell everybody that. Uh, he's he's, he's a really good coach. Don't get me wrong. Miami. Who do you think goes to Miami? They want John Harbaugh. I also think they want Jim Harbaugh. That It's really Stephen Ross is an alumni of Michigan, and the business school is named after him, so he doesn't want to screw over his old school. Timeout. Yes. This is... Rich people problems. Yeah, those are rich people problems. Stephen Ross in the back of his head is going, I need Michigan to be good, and I need the Dolphins Right, because he wanted Jim the last time around when they got Gase. So that was a very real topic. I do think, again, if things mess up in Baltimore or yeah, however that shakes you keep out. mentioning John like it's a thing. I know, because I think it is a thing. I think it's also a thing. So you're saying if the Ravens lose to the Chargers, look out for John? I think so. If the Ravens beat the Chargers. Maybe even do you a think trade they- like that, like a trade for John Harbaugh. My question for you, yeah. though, is. Is it Marvin Lewis? Is John Harbaugh wanting to leave? Is he tired of being in the same place, or is Baltimore tired? I think it's because they're getting a new GM after this year. Yeah, I think it's like could be somewhat mutual. Okay, I think so it's a little Marvin Lewis. I think it a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be disappointed if he stays there, but I don't think he's afraid to leave. Is what I would say. More likely for him to be gone. If he loses in the wild card divisional championship, how does it work? I would think the wild card would be trouble. I think if he gets to the divisional game and like goes into Kansas City and they barely lose, man, they're going to have tough. If you're going to get rid of John yeah, how Harbaugh, how are you going to do that? Especially with like Lamar Jackson's record at that point would be like seven and two, exactly, including like wins in LA. Over, yeah, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Um, you already said Miami. Oh. Uh, Cincinnati, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. That's where I'm like, they're going to be the one that hires Pat Fitzgerald at a Northwestern or something. Yeah, it could be. I mean, hey. uh, I don't even know what you're like. 
There's going to be more candidates. You know, isn't it going to be an Eric Bieniemy? Is it going to be a Brian Flores? I mean, there's mm. just a lot of guys I think that are going to come out of the woodworks here. I just can't imagine walking to Mike Brown's office and going, this is the organization where I'm going to go for my first stint. It's weird. I know, but there's only 32 of them. Any any feelings more about Green Bay or Cleveland? No, but I was I thought it was interesting just with Green Bay that you saw they're going to interview Josh McDaniels, yeah. right? So that's that, our dream. Baby. That is our dream. That's the I mean, dream. that would be really cool to see Josh him. McDaniels and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Holy crap, that would be special. Bash um, brothers, but that I don't have any feel or inside info to share there. Brian Flores' name has yeah. also been thrown out for a bunch of the jobs. Right. Did you say earlier in the year that you did not think he was ready, or you think it's time for him? I do. No, I think he's ready. I do. I mean, he's. I would like probably, I mean, in your perfect world, you'd go, eh, I'd like him to be a D coordinator one more year, right? But sometimes you don't have that luxury, and you just got to go when, it's, when you're hot. But he is 100% head coach material. Brian Flores is a great defensive mind, a great worker. And he is as tough and as no-nonsense as any coach in New England, and I mean that more than Bill Belichick. I mean, Brian Flores, yeah, he is no-nonsense, Brian Flores. Give me an example of when you learned he was no-nonsense. Well, first of all, I've known him. Because I know you're a lot of nonsense. You know that, right. And I know know no-nonsense when I've seen it. He's from Brooklyn, right? He grew up in the same town as like— So he's Brooklyn no-nonsense. He's Brooklyn no-nonsense. Grew up in the same streets as Mike Tyson and all that that area, right? Oh, my God. I love him already. So he's that kind of guy. Give me more. Give me more. So— I'm not going to name the player, okay, but he was in charge of scout team defense sometimes when when I was up there in New yeah. England, and there was an offensive lineman. He was had his Flores had his foot on the ball and showing the team the defensive scout team the cards, Which right? Is t- typical. Right. This is what you do. Yeah. Now the offensive line has broken the huddle and he's not ready. So that's why his foot's on the ball. But the offensive lineman starts to try to steal the ball from him. And they get in a pushing match. I mean, and he doesn't back down, even though he was outweighed by 70, 90 pounds, whatever. Did he grab his face mask? He didn't grab his face mask, Damn, but then they locked arms, and he just – he is fearless. Like, he is one of the coaches that if you go, like, name me three coaches you don't want to fight in the NFL, he'd be on the list right there. I'd wow. go, I'm not messing with him. Yeah, but I think he is – he's a true New Englander that knows the total concept. You know how we talk about sometimes New sure. England guys only know their little area? He grew up in the New England thing, so he started as a bitch boy just like me, yeah. and he's worked his way up the ranks. It is wild of the current eight jobs that are open for the people that were fired were African-American. I, I, know. I mean, I, I don't think that's that's just a number that I'm putting out. Like, well, I mean, for a league that had— And well, also they all got—well, other than Marvin Lewis, the other three got a short amount of time. Yeah, I, I, I do not think the optics are very good. And then you have the Raiders. Did, who, the, the Raiders hire Mike Mayock. Did they even— interview well they were accused of this with the Rooney rule I know Rudin. I know so it just yes it's not a good look for the NFL in some of these situations as far as hiring minority coaches and not giving them their chances um you know but and, yet and but yet a GM no who's been arrested GMs. a GM who's been arrested and went to jail he still has a job and an offensive coordinator who drank around college kids still has a job and got hired by the NFL but yet we can't find anybody else. I, that just it bothers me. That now part of I it. will say in the Dolphins, Chris Greer is being put in, in charge of football operations. Okay, so That's, some of like a semi GM yeah. is African American. Okay, but I mean they're also losing Ozzie Newsom this year mm-hmm. to retirement, and mm-hmm. he was the only African American GM in the entire league. But my the issue really there is with the Raiders. But I will say this: I mean their press conferences are going to be oh gosh, they are going to be amazing. 
Here's Mike Mayock and John Gruden. All right, Mike. All right, man. And then Mike's sitting there. He's like, and the third string fullback for the. T- do you think he's Mike- quicker than fast? Do you think Mike Mayock <laughs> is going to be? I think he's perfect for John. Perfect. Really? I do. I think he's perfect for John because I think he's just happy to be in the NFL and be a GM, even though he's not a real GM because John calls the final shot. He knows. Every player exactly. in the NFL roster, right? He's going to already probably have so much work done already on For the college one. kids. Agreed. But you think the personalities are what excite? You. I do, I do. I think that Mike is the, uh, and I only know Mike in passing, but he's a really good guy. He does not have like a huge ego. I think he'll be willing to deal with some of Gruden's crap at times. And I don't think he'll be scared of Gruden either to go like, no, John, I've watched these 10 players, and you asked me to make a tape, and I think player one and two are the best. Like, blah, 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 blah. He's not going to be afraid to do that. And Gruden's going to respect that. He might say, no, player three's better, but he's going to respect that he has somebody strong enough to stand up to him. You just said the phrase, watch the tape. Yeah. And that's the reason I think they get along. Yeah, right. I think Gruden respects people that know how to watch game film sure. more than other people. And I'm not saying McKenzie didn't. But it's like Mayock Stick. Yeah, this is what Mayock does. He is. He's. He's. Have Have you liked his analysis over the years? For the most part, I mean, there's been a few quarterbacks, of course. I'm. Always, I mean, you know me, the quarterbacks. I'm always picky with, but for the most part, yes, I have. I mean, I, I really have. I can't say there was a few here and there, but you're never going to be perfect in the scouting world, right. all agreeing on on things. I think that this hurts the media more than anybody. Because I think that a lot of these writers relied on Mike Mayock. I mean, the amount of tweets that come out of a Mike Mayock phoner press conference, yeah, right. it would it would it would fill articles for two weeks. Yeah. Mike Mayock's third ranked. Now like Daniel Jeremiah He'll kind be of becomes guy. like the yeah. new draft expert. I would say so. Or Matt Miller, you know, yeah. Lance Zerline. Sure. But it's it's interesting because you're friends with Chris Mortensen. And this was always rumored with Mort that something like this would happen to him one day. Yeah, one day, certainly. But, um, yeah, Mort just didn't have the scouting area that Mayak has. Mayak, I think to your point, what you're saying, I mean, his history, he knows the whole league. He already has a jump start on things already. Belichick respects him. Exactly right. And I think there'll be <clears throat> there'll be a part of – you want to – when we're talking about important relationships with the GM. He knows every GM <clears throat> in the NFL. Coaches need to be able to trust the guy to cut out some of the minutiae. Right, like so, like he doesn't need to watch. Okay, John might go. Who are the ten best free agents? Okay, well, great. Here's the ten best free agents. Mike will do the dirty work to watch seventy of them, right? And then go. Here's the ten, and yes. and John will be able to go. Okay, I trust. I know this guy did his work, and I'm going to trust it. And now he's given me the ten, and we can go finalize it from here to who the five we want or the three. Think whatever. about this. Right. What is the biggest like festival of NFL people? I would argue it's the combine. Yeah, it's up there. Even more than the Super Bowl. Not all coaches are going to the Super Bowl, but no. most head coaches, GMs, front office people Owners go to the combine. Meetings. What's up? Owners meetings. Owners meetings. Owners up meetings there. up there, but it's not the whole NFL it's like the combine. It's, it's just the head coaches combines and the Combines are also getting scouts. <clears throat> right. And I would argue, at that event, the most famous, well-connected guy is arguably Mike Mayock. Yeah, sure. So you're getting the biggest name at an event where GMs make their money. And the biggest draft year in the history of their franchise. With three first-round picks. The next two years. Damn. They, I did not think you were going to be sold on Mike Mayock. They have a they have a chance, Lefko, in my opinion, and if I'm the Raiders, because I've thought about this a little bit, where they have these draft picks, okay, and then they obviously need to improve their team in free agency. If I'm them too, the one thing I'll say, just diving into that before we move on, I would sign young free agents. 
I would I would not make the young core exactly build. You're gonna you got a ten year contract. Build something special. Don't enough of the Jordans. Don't get a nine year guy to fill in and do that. If you get some fourth and fifth year free agents. Okay, and you maybe you got your one or two veterans, but now you have all these draft picks coming up. These fourth and fifth year free agents, they're going to be in the same mindset still as some of these rookies, but yet they're pros and they can go, no, this is how you got to do things, Rook. This is how we do it now. And I think that's where you can get, you know, Seattle on top of the NFC West for seven or eight years in a row or yeah. whatever it may be. That's how you grow that. Mm. And that's just be the, the angle I would take if I'm the Raiders. Such a random thing to happen, but it's it's kind of cool that Mayock moved It is cool. That. It is cool. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you saw that, did you go, oh, I could be in the NFL front office? Oh, uh, yeah, I, of course I do. I mean, I just one day, hopefully that'll come, or if I want to go down that So range. you still want to be in an NFL There's front office? There's part of me, yeah. That, Came back at a perfect time, Josh. Yes, there is part of me that uh, – Yes, we'll always think about that. Always. Does this make it feel more like feasible? I mean, this, hey, guys like John Lynch, all those things have made it more feasible to me. I know I'm capable of doing it. Like I said, even if I got offered right now, I wouldn't want to do it because of the stage of life I'm in with my kids and everything. Right. But it's just something that, yeah, I look at. I always feel like I'm missing one part of my journey, which is a Super Bowl ring. I always wanted that. That was a dream of mine. Um, so that will always be in the back of my head. Uh, philosophies that we saw yesterday. Yeah. The Cowboys rested Zeke, Zach, mm. Martin, some other people, but played Dak. Yeah. The Bears went all out. Right. What did the you Patriots. think? The Patriots really went all out. Yeah. Jets blew so many opportunities. Oh, my gosh. I know. That game could have been a lot closer. It could have been, like, yeah, tied, right. really, at <clears throat> halftime. But what did you think about the Cowboys and Bears strategies? Yeah. I guess um, I think the Cowboys... I look at the Cowboys and Patriots kind of being in the same boat, where they were going, our offense has been underwhelming. Our quarterback hasn't been great. Our receivers haven't been great. We need to work on some things offensively. And they went with the mantra of, like, practice makes perfect. Let's go out there and get Dak throws. I think the Dallas Cowboys were are being realistic and going, we can't expect to go to New Orleans and win a 13-10 game. We might have to score 30 next time. Yeah. And our quarterback and passing game need to be hitting on all cylinders. And Dak played great. He did. He made some big-time throws. So that, I think that was a positive moment for them and their team. touchdown at the end? What? That was a great throw and an amazing catch. Cole Beasley. Man, amazing. Um, and then what about the Bears going all out? Because I'll be honest, Yeah. I would have rather played the Vikings. I hear you. I know they're you know they're a young team that's still building. They don't want to take their foot off the gas pedal momentum wise. I think there is still a team that looks at their offense and goes, "There's things we need to continue." We got a young quarterback who's not always perfect. Um, I I would think also they're a little bit like. You know, I mean, Minnesota, you know third time. It's a lot better for the Bears to finish the season five and three on the road instead of four and four, because they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. Sure, there's 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 positives about it, I, and I think the the other thing too. You know how I talked about the psyche of the Bears last week, right? Like, it had been weird if the game was thirteen to ten, and even though if they pulled their starters at some point and Minnesota won. It was going to be a positive for Minnesota. They're going to go, oh, look, we, we were hung in there, and we beat them. We, we can do it again this week. And the Bears were going to go, damn, we couldn't really put them away, and they took us out. It was only 13-10. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure. So that part of the psyche was intriguing to me leading up to the game. So the Bears just said, no, screw you. You're out of here. You're not playing us again. We're going to move on. And, yes, as scary as the Eagles are, 
I think that was the right play. Get your team better, win the game, go in with positive vibes, got some good reps with the running game, Trubisky, and now you played the Bear, uh, the Eagles. In this NFC year, yeah, we looked at the NFC East and the NFC West and went, the Seahawks are down, we expect them to be around 8-8, eight and eight. Niners aren't going to be an issue, Cardinals aren't going to be an issue, the East is a muddled mess. And yet, those are the two divisions that are getting two teams in. I know. You're only getting the Saints. And if I told you before the year that you were getting one team in the NFC North, it was either going to be the Vikings or the Packers. Yeah. We liked the Bears. Right. But we thought they would be fighting for the sixth seed. Exactly. But they're the only team that made it in the North. Yeah, I know. Wild. I know. It's wild. It just shows you the NFL. Few players in free agency, a coaching change. You know what it Your shows Your team's me? different. Depth. Yeah. It's the number one thing that I look for in a team. It's depth. Yep. Vikings did not have depth. Packers did not have depth. No. They couldn't survive a whole year. No, no depth. And then no Falcons had their depth tested. Exactly right. And all those offenses you're talking about, I would say, are limited schematically. Those three right off the bat. It's just it's limited schematically to where you go, the quarterback has to play great every week or they can't win games. Who do you think realistically I look at it, as scary as the Eagles are, I'm not trying to even mess with you or anything here, I really think the Bears match up better with the Eagles than they do the Vikings. You know, I, I again, yesterday, as much as they were dominating that game, the starters were in, and it was 13-10. to 10. It was 13-10. Right, so to 10. why do you think that the Vikings are a worse matchup than the Eagles? Well, I, because I think the, the Vikings have an offensive line that could be taken advantage of. I think the Eagles have a better offensive they, line. They do have a better offensive line, but I, you don't have as good receivers, okay? I would say that. I would argue, yeah. I would argue mm-hmm. that against the Bears, the receivers that the Eagles have are better fit. I'd rather lob it up to Alshon than wait for a Thielen route to develop. Yeah. I think that the Eagles... like. There's a there's a few parts of the Eagles that I think are great mismatches. That one of their best receivers is a tight end in Zach Ertz mm-hmm. is uh, as a weapon that the Vikings didn't have. This Darren Sproles piece. Sure. I just want to say that when the Eagles beat the Bears and they go into the Saints, having a guy like Darren Sproles that played there and Malcolm Jenkins is really going to be great for this run. It will be helpful. But they have like these little pe- like the Alshon lob. You weren't lobbing it up to Thielen. I don't think. No, I, I could be speaking out of my ass right now. No, you're you're not. You're not. Your, your scheme that, is better than and I Minnesota. Think that, that's I think for that sure. A Peters and a Brooks and a Johnson and a Kelsey have a higher ceiling of maybe maybe blocking Khalil Mack every now and right. then than the Vikings ever did. I don't disagree with you anything there. I, I mean, you're 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 right on a lot of things there. Defensively, though, that's where I would be worried. My, because I will say this: that there was the they're going to be able to block your D line. Oh yeah, I know. You know what I mean? They're going to be able to Kyle throw Long on your back. secondary. Yeah, that's what, that's where I just look at it. But it, it it was close. I'm just saying it was it was very close. Minnesota's defense always scares me. I mean, they're good. They're good. And then, you know, Xavier Rhodes might have been back next yeah, week. Yeah, you have yeah. to deal with that. That's where I just go, you know, they they can be game changers in that. I just think though that the way Zimmer coaches, he wants to be in a 13 to 10 yes, game. Yes, he does. Doug Peterson's going to go, and who's going to know Nagy more than Doug? Sure. They coach together in yeah, Kansas there's City. There's going to be a lot of great knowledge there, both of them. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. So, I, I also, like, I look at the teams. The Eagles have done it. The Vikings are like, let's prove, like, like we got to prove to ourselves. Yeah, no, that you're we definitely more it. dangerous that way. I mean, the Eagles can look out there and go, man, yeah. y'all ain't done shit. Trubisky, yeah. Fletcher Cox will look at Trubisky and be like, I'm going to eat you alive. I know. Who was going to do that on the Vikings? No, I, no one. I, I get that. That's, Okay, I'm done. I'm so hot. No! My dad texted me like two seconds ago, (laughs) we can beat Chicago. You're still going to lose. Sorry, Bruce. 
Browns interested in Matt Eberflus. Only other game that I had for you okay. that I really want to talk about before I run out of here to go and do wedding, wedding pictures and all that stuff. Ravens-Browns. Yeah. What would you think of the game? Because I'm not talking about Tice Colts. We knew what the heck was going to Yeah, happen. well, we knew that was going to happen. Blaine Gabbard delivered and clutch. So I'm thankful that the Titans didn't make it in. Me too. I'll just say so, that. And to all the Tennessee fans We're not, that are upset, yeah. it was it was just for our playoff enjoyment. It's not about you no, guys. I'm, like, I would apologize to the Vikings fans, too. That sucks. You know, but, you know, you, you, you yeah. got in the way of the Eagles and the Colts. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And Tennessee, just they're, they're not there yet. That's just all there is to it. They've got a lot of things that are positive and they but should feel Ravens, good about. Browns. But Ravens-Browns, I mean, it's what Lamar Jackson is doing in that run game, it's, it's amazing. I don't even know what else to say about it. I mean, they're running like – it's like the Oklahoma wishbone they're running, but in the NFL – it's their size and physicality matching up with that, and then the scheme of the run game. I mean, again, Greg Roman deserves a lot of credit there in Baltimore for what he's doing. Greg Roman, who invented the Colin Kaepernick read option offense in San Francisco, he is there as the run game coordinator in Baltimore, and they do great creative things weekly that really test teams in the NFL. Um, so that was awesome. Lamar continues to grow in the right direction, and their defense is scary. But even saying all that, man, Baker's a baller. Baker's a baller. Baker is fun to watch. Uh, that was a tough, tough environment against a really good defense. But I have a feeling where it's not the last time we're going to see that matchup go down to the wire. Where do you see the Steelers not making the playoffs? Did you know that the that Ben Roethlisberger hasn't made the playoffs five times in his career? All five times it was by one game, and Ooh. all five times it was a season in which he lost to the Raiders. Oh, is that right? That is crazy. That really is. Um, but, but where do you stand with your with your Super Bowl Steelers not making the playoffs? Yeah. Because if they made it, they could have gone to the they Super They could have gone, right. No no doubt. Uh, they got nobody to blame but themselves. They messed it up. There's there's really nothing. To, it started week one. It was like a microcosm there. They had a control of the game against the Cleveland Browns, and they snapped the ball into the dirt, and Big Ben got blindsided. Five turnovers. James Conner fumbled on inside their own tw- you know five-yard yeah. line where the Browns got at the one-yard line. It's kind of what they did all year. That was really it. They found ways to mess up in big situations or situations where they had the chance to win a game and put it away, and they let another team hang around. Yeah, it's, it stinks. It does stink, but the six we got in are pretty damn good. So I'm not I'm amazing, not too disappointed. I think it's an amazing yeah. playoff. Field. Yeah. All right, I have a bunch of tabs open uh, for Reddit. I'm going to run through some little nuggets, and we're going to get out of here because I think they're fun. Baker Mayfield breaks rookie passing touchdown record with 27 touchdowns, and he only played 13 games. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, Baker Mayfield's superstar. He's he's. I mean, the young quarterbacks. I don't know what else to say. They're they're fucking phenomenal. Josh Allen. Right. Oh, by the way, I lost my Miami Buffalo oh. push on both. Right. Damn. It. Damn. Not there's nothing like waiting four months to watch Josh Allen just destroy, just destroy it dreams. with his legs and his arm. He's phenomenal. I know. Throwing it to Kyle Williams was so freaking cool. That was really cool. Sam Darnold played well at the end of the year. He did. Um, Rosen. Rosen's tough about evalu- it's a tough, tough evalu- evaluation there. But Lamar and right. Baker, awesome. The big thing with Rosen, I think, is going to be what we've always said: can he take the punishment and can he get out of punishment's way? That's my only question about him. Decision making and throwing is off the charts. What do you got for me? I was just going to say: are you feeling good about Lamar? Because you took a beating when you ranked him number one, and then I know you dropped him down to four. Yes. but he's been awesome. Yeah, he's been awesome. It does feel good. Yes, it feels good for him. And then I, I feel like I took a beating with Josh Allen too. And I feel like nobody really wants to give Josh Allen credit, even though he led his team in passing and rushing. 
He has LaShawn McCoy on his team, and he led his team in rushing. You know, that's that's an amazing feat. And I know LaShawn McCoy was banged up and didn't play the whole and year. he runs for like 40-yard jaunts. That's what I mean. And it's I not will like, say this, what's awesome, Yeah, that fan base, watch it. Because I watched Bill's uh, yeah. Dolphins I kind of kept my eye on it, too. They they are appreciated. They love Josh. it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They know what they got because yeah. it's Peter King wrote this in his article this morning about MVP and he said Zimmerman always told him, Go with what you see. Yeah. When I watch Mahomes, I see something special. Yeah. When I watch Josh Allen, yeah. I see something special. I know. It's not every day you can see a guy throw at seventy or run for seventy. Right. Uh, by the way, Lamar Jackson will be the youngest quarterback to start an NFL playoff game. Does Baker? Ooh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Does Baker or Saquon win Rookie of the Year? So I just gave you the Baker news. Yeah, Saquon surpasses two thousand yards from scrimmage, becoming just the third rookie to do so. I believe that because the Browns were closer to a playoff, I think that if Baker eliminated the Ravens, that he definitely would have won. Definitely would have won it. Yeah, I understand giving it to either. But I believe that Saquon did it for an entire season. He set the record for most receptions by a rookie running back. He goes over 2,000 scrimmage yards. And for all of those people that are going to blame the offensive line for Eli, Saquon did that behind that offensive line. With no Odell for the last four weeks, it was all Saquon. And I'm just going to say that his leap from the four-yard line yesterday for that touchdown was in the top five plays of the year. Saquon has given us big runs against Jacksonville that we hadn't seen up until that point. He's literally beaten teams by himself. Second leading rusher in football behind the same crappy offensive lineman that we talk about that Eli Manning gets the benefit of the doubt. I just said that. I know. I'm just, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm reinforcing, just, I'm just reinforcing it. It's just amazing. I don't think he's really getting the credit of what he deserves. He averaged five yards per carry with a check down Charlie quarterback mm. and a crappy offensive line. Mm. That's insane. I believe that Saquon and Mahomes are in the same thing right now where we're not appreciating their greatness because they're too great. Yeah, I think you might be right. It's They're like so too great. easy. It's been too easy. That, Look like, at him flick that 70-yarder. That's not fair. We, we fawn over Mo- – it took a no-look pass for us to talk about Mahomes throwing. But meanwhile, like those bombs yesterday, like no, there's no one else making those. He threw those. a 55-yard bomb off the wrong foot for the record-breaking touchdown. I already went on my rant. I think Saquon's rookie of the year, but whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that, it's, it's, it's really a good one. All right, last thing for you, and just remember on the Giants. Are they going to trade Odell Beckham Jr.? My question to you would be, who do you think they'd even think about it to? Well, I, I do think the 49ers would think about that. My I think Eagles there's a number friend, of teams. My Eagles friends yesterday asked right. me, would I trade, if Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl, would you trade Carson Wentz for Saquon? And I paused. <laughs> I mean, the Raiders with their draft picks. You got oh, a lot so of them. You're thinking Odell, Raiders, who was the first I'm one I'm just saying, I'm the 49ers. Well, why, Buffalo, you want to make Josh Allen work? I mean, it, you know, I just think there's a number of teams you can look at. There's, there's two things. I just know the Giants. I don't know any of this. This is no inside info. You know Francesa. <laughs> and he's got, a, he's got a connection. His, his sources are telling him. Get my Odell out of here. My sources are telling me. You know I love Odell Beckham Jr. 
I do not think he's necessarily the Giants' cup of tea. It does seem like they're going to keep Eli Manning. Why even pay Odell Beckham Jr. if Eli Manning is your quarterback? That's the question I would pose to everybody out there. He is not going to be able to maximize Odell's talents. And the Maras, Odell speaking out, doing the little Wayne crap, not, not playing at the, the end of the year. Weeks. I just feel like I don't know this. I'm, tell, I'm throwing this. I just it, it does seem like that's a possibility. I'm just saying it. You know I just, where I, I want do. Him? Where? Indy. Oh, that would be amazing. That could that could be a possibility too with all the money. And the great thing is, if you trade for Odell right now, they've already paid him twenty one million dollars. Indy has the salary cap to afford. I know. It. Indy should go and trade for Odell and sign Le'Veon Bell, and it should be Andrew Luck, Odell, Ty, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, and Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. That would be insane. With that offensive line. Can you believe that offensive line? They are something. Let me last say night. this one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Ballard, friend of the show. Right. Trade for Odell, sign Le'Veon Bell, build the super team. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. And then trade for Jalen Ramsey because they're done with him too. Oh, by the way, yeah. that story with Jacksonville. Right. Possibly voiding the guarantees of Leonard Fournette yeah. and attributing it to his suspension of the Bills yeah. is the exact reason why we said that Roquan Smith should not sign that contract. Right. Because that's exactly that's what, what just do. happened to Leonard Fournette. That's right. Leonard Fournette might be gone. That was a bad look for them yesterday. I saw it happen live when they I kept showing him. Yeah, what, they kept showing him what was happening. They were sitting on the sidelines, and the offense was on the field, and they were sitting there having their little private conversations. And to me, it looked like they were ripping people on their team because they were covering their mouth as they were saying it. It just didn't look good. They might have been talking about, hey, what are you going to get your mom for Happy New Year's, whatever. But no, it looked like they were talking crap and bitter, and it just didn't look right. It's not looking good uh, for Leonard Fournette and that draft class because if you look at it too, Miles Garrett, Trubisky, Solomon Thomas Fournette, there's Jamal Adam. There's Patrick Mahomes at 10. I know. And there's Deshaun Watson, Watson at 12. Yeah. And if they don't keep Fournette, yeah. and you know. Yeah, you passed him up. Right. That's going to look bad. You're right. Because I can say this Fournette ain't Saquon. No. Nobody is Saquon. And I, trust me, I love Fournette coming you out. Did. You know that. I love Ezekiel Elliott. But when I watched Saquon, I was like, man, as much as they were great, those two, they're not Saquon. George Kittle breaks Travis Kelsey's record for most receiving yards by a tight end on a meaningless 40 yard touchdown right. as the game was going down. Right. He also was number one in the NFL this year in yak. That's amazing. By all positions. George Kittle, friend, awesome, so happy for him. Yep. Great guy, and I hear that there's two Iowa tight ends coming out in this year's draft that are projected to go in the first round. Wow. I didn't know it was two of them. I knew there was one, but, man, that that's, hey, Iowa, Kirk George, Frentz. George Kittle could do this for the next six, seven years. He definitely can. I mean, he's, he's got the right OC, too, that knows how to utilize him. You know, this Kyle had a Jordan Reed early in his career yep. with the Washington Redskins. He knows how to play with these kind of guys. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, hmm. in 122 fewer attempts, has more career touchdown passes than Nathan Peterman. He now has four. Uh, Tyler Lockett finishes the season with a perfect 158.3 passer rating when targeted. Very. That, oh, is that right? So if you if Russell Wilson threw the ball to Lockett, it was complete. It was a good thing. I had Tyler Lockett on my fantasy team, yeah. and every week it would be like three catches, one of them for 60 yards and right, a touchdown. Right. But that there's that usually should regress. It never regressed. Yeah. Um, I got a few more here. Yeah, good. 
Tom Coughlin talking about TJ Yeldon and Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tariq Cohen letting Khalil Mack into Club Dub. Uh, I already did the one about Roethlisberger. Jameis Winston coming back. The void guarantees. Nick Foles needed to play four more snaps to get a million-dollar bonus. Because in his contract, it said if he played 33% of the snaps, but his rib injury cost him $1 million. I'm going to be honest. I'm not coming out. Yeah. you got to be aware of that, Nick. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if they even gave it to him here at the end. I wouldn't be shocked. It would be awesome. Just another thing just to say thanks for the Super Bowl. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. I haven't heard anything horribly wrong yet, so I would think he's going to play this week. i got four good nuggets left. Yeah. 69 games were decided by three points or less this season yeah. in NFL record. Right. Never been that many. Never. It's, it's going to continue to go that way because the, the rules, the way they are. You know, oh, we're no down. Let dead. me throw it into triple coverage. We'll get pass interference. It'll be first down on a 50-yard gain. I mean, it's just the game's never over anymore because, oh, your right fingernail touched the quarterback's neck. Mm. Illegal hitting of the head to the quarterback. I first got, down. I got three nuggets here. Right. Do you want Warren Sapp? Bill Belichick or Blake Bortles? This is how we're going to end our New Year's podcast. Well, let's go best to worst, so we'll go Belichick one. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches since 1969. Belichick has beat all three of them. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. Wait, you sure you beat Chuck Knoll? Chuck Knoll, the year was 1991. He was the head coach of the Browns. Damn. And he beat the Steelers 17-14. to 14. That's amazing. That's the one I would have, yeah, I didn't realize Chuck was still there in 91. That's unreal. The deciding score was a Kevin Mack one-yard touchdown. Oh, Kevin a, Mack. With a Matt Stover kick. Number 34 with shoulder pads the size of buildings. Warren Sapp or Blake Bortles? Well, I said best to worst. Has Aaron Donald already had a better career than Warren Sapp? Both are four-time All-Pros. Yes. Donald is going to be in his fifth Pro Bowl. Warren Sapp was at seven. Aaron Donald is six forced fumbles behind. He already has more tackles for losses, Mm. and he's about 30 sacks behind in 120 less games. Wow, that's impressive. In eight less seasons. I don't know if I'm going to say he's surpassed him yet. He has the ability and is going to surpass him. I mean, we know Aaron Donald... He might go down as the greatest D lineman in the history of football. I mean, that's he's you a said first. this about JJ Watt a few years. Yeah, ago. well, it's the same. They're same type of guy. I mean, JJ Watt's going to be in that conversation when all said and done. You're going to go, okay, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, JJ Watt, Aaron Donalds. They're going to be in that convo. That's the guy, though, in my opinion. Yeah. The Jordan of defensive linemen right. is Reggie White. Right. He's only going to be because he has the mythological stories about him. But mm-hmm. then again, they probably said the same stuff about Deacon Jones when he retired. Right. I mean, Warren Sapp, as amazing he was, if he had Aaron Donald's work ethic, I think he would be Aaron Donald. I'm not mm. trying to take a shot at him there, but they were just different guys that way. But man, I mean, Aaron Donald is 20 and a half sacks. It was insane what he did. How close he was to three other ones. I mean, he caused three turnovers because he hit him as he was throwing, or he couldn't. Mm. He had to throw a a ball without a full follow through, and it gets popped in the air. I mean, he's just such a difference maker that way. Last one, yeah. To wrap up the Sap didn't get the luxury to just fly up the field like Aaron Donald, right? right? So that's just the one thing I would push you about. It was a little different that way. What's that say? And it was just about Eric Bieniemy is getting interest with the New York Jets. Yeah, I get that. Here are Blake Bortles' last twenty drives against the Texans. And before I say this, I'd like to remind you that David Caldwell is being brought back to the organization. 
Last 20 drives against the Texans this year. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, 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 fumble, punt, field goal, punt, 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 end of half, punt, 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 interception. And I'd like to state that the field goal, that drive started off at the Texans' nine. It's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that Off a that muffed one. punt. It's that's pretty pretty despicable. First of all, I don't understand how Nathaniel Hackett was f- fired there. And you want to talk about an offensive coordinator who needs to be hired by somebody? And you know, yeah, his dad Nathan Hackett's dad coached me. So say what you want, biased or not. I don't really give a damn. I'm just telling you the true the truth here. He deserves to be an offensive coordinator in football. I mean, you you could see the Jacksonville offense was a lot better when he was running plays or calling plays than it was afterwards. I don't understand how he got released there, but. I do think that that was unfair to Nathaniel Hackett either way. And, yes, what do they do with Blake Bortles? It's been a culmination of a lot this year, a lot of things coming to an end. But I think that we were proven to be right about uh, Bortles. I think that we were proven to be right about Mahomes and Breeze. Uh, I would say that most of our playoff picks were good except for my Green Bay pick and I guess your Pittsburgh pick. So, in essence, your Pittsburgh pick and my Green Bay pick were exactly the same. They They were the same. Yep, they were. So I'm rooting for the Texans, and you're rooting for the Saints. Money uh, on you. Yeah, I think if if you made me pick right now, yeah, I'm going to say Saints Chiefs Super Bowl. That's what are you going to say? Exciting. What are you going to say? Give me a just a. We're not going to hold you to it. We're not going to make a video of it. Just tell us. Who's There's your... one thing I have to do right now. All right, you got to pull up the teams. Pull up the teams. Pull up the teams. I want to see. Does NFL Jesus have a bracket? I mean, punt, 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 punt. That is that is truly unbelievable. First, a Texans defense. That's what. 29th in football and pass defense? I mean, that just kind of says it all right there. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I don't want to do it. What? I don't want to do it. Saints-Patriots. Saints-Patriots. Yeah, that's your pick? That would be the worst. Wouldn't be the worst, but it'd be, that'd be cool, really. Be, it would be cool. That'd probably be the oldest combined starting quarterback ages in the Super Bowl history. All right, homie. Enjoy All right. your party tonight. Happy New Year. What are you going to do? Are you going to drink? I know my cousin and uh, nephews, oh, yeah, they're going to be there. Yep, I am going to drink. I don't care if kids are around. Nice. All right. Do my kids will like be that? there. All right. Is that going to make the uh, make the cut? Yes. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to drink. I'm definitely going to smoke. Mm, my too. my Smoke my worths there. I am definitely going to get after it. Little daddy cigar. Just little daddy cigar, back porch, back porch action. And then is it going to be tequila on the rocks or not? I don't know yet. I don't know if I have time. No. I have to make a game time decision. Good old school <laughs> reference. Uh, can I get a little spiritual on everybody really quick? My one thing would be would be a lot of times when people wrap up a year and they go to the next year, they think of all the things they want to do. And they look around and really look at the people that you have around you because I think that's the most important thing. Aristotle believed in three types of friendships. He believed in utility, he believed in pleasure, and he believed in goodness. Utility is when you do something for me and I do something for you, and thus a friendship is born out of necessity. Pleasure is about like kind of living in the present. It's about feeling that joy, but those friendships don't really last as long because it's more about like, let's have fun right now. And then goodness is the one that everyone seems to believe is the most rewarding. It's where I have mutual respect and it goes back and forth and we strive for goodness between us both. I would argue that to everybody out there, try and do all three in 2019. Try and do things for people without expecting anything in return. 
Try to live in the moment and not get too caught up in going forward. But I would end it with this, and I said this to my friend Joe as I spoke with him and his future wife tonight, that go for greatness and not just goodness. So try to always bring value. And I know that everyone has probably said, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year I lose weight. This is going to be I do this shit. This is going to be I, I accomplish my dreams. Fucking do it. It just starts off by waking up on Tuesday or waking up on Wednesday and going, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do the dumb shit. I'm going to do the good shit. One day at a time. One day at a time. Just pr- approach that with every day you wake up. That's why football players say it. It's, it's what it is. So all you can do is control that day, That's it. win that day, and then build from there. Yeah. And it's, you know, just because they're athletes doesn't mean they're superheroes. They're just humans that wake up every day and they have a lot of conviction. So I wish the same for all of you motherfuckers. I love you guys, homies. You're the best. And have a great 2019. Have a great 2019. Happy New Year. And don't forget, the Picks champion, Chris Sims, will be here on Friday's podcast to further your pocketbooks as the pick champion. I can't wait for you to raise your regular season banner, you loser. Four Sims. He's at home. Four Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And for the LEFKOE, we will holla, holla, holla at you in 2019.